and welcome to Tiny Voice Talks with me, Toria Bono, and I am joined today by Verity Saunders, who's been on the podcast before, and weirdly, I'm not interviewing her because she is here to chat about Tiny Voice Talks 2022. Basically, I wanted to talk about Tiny Voice Talks and just needed someone to talk to, said, said Verity, come on. So thanks, Verity, for coming on. That's absolutely fine because, you know, I can talk about anything for a long time. You truly can. So you are the person that's come on to talk about Tiny Voice Talks 2022. Do you know what? I I needed to talk about it with someone because I thought about doing this podcast episode on my own. I thought, goodness me, no, I can't do that. And I thought I need to, to talk to it about to someone that can fully get my level of enthusiasm and excitement. And I thought, you're my woman. Ah, oh, thank you so much. I am I am there. Bells, whistles, you name it. Ding dong. Woohoo! Flags. Well, it's amazing. It really is. When I think where Tiny Voice has gone from and to since it first started, and this year has been, I mean, every year since it started. So it started August 2020. 2021 was super. 2022 just gone to new levels I feel so I you know and you've been on again in 22 I think you were on in 21 and you're on again 22 I'm like a bad smell really aren't I well I didn't want to say that but no not at all (laughs) no it's great it's great to have you coming on and I know that you also check in and listen to the podcast so that's even better isn't it I I love it I, I learn so much um it's it's just it's like a, a CPD on in your earphones. It's just fabulous. I love it. Well, that's what I was. It's weird. I was talking to someone earlier about that because when I came up with the podcast originally, well, as you know, I didn't actually come up with it. Someone said, "Do you want to create a podcast?" I was like, "Uh, yeah," not really knowing. And as it's morphed and developed, I just continually think think of it as sort of CPD that that quick half an hour 45 minutes in your ear while you're driving to work whatever else where you can just learn about something that otherwise you might not have the opportunity to do so absolutely I have to say though when when it came to your podcast with Emma Davies I was there with pen and paper and I did have to pause (laughs) and I did have to write things down because there was so much yeah I am a psychology graduate. I started my clinical psychology training. That's where my passion Mm. originated from. And then all of this stuff came out from her. I mean, how much can you cram in to 48 minutes? There was... There was a lot. And I I did have to pause with my pen and paper and write things down and go, Yeah. Oh, yes. That's so true. It makes sense. And... It was so obvious, but until somebody had said it, the connections just somehow hadn't hadn't been made. So yes, it is. It is the most amazing, uh, most amazing and and easy CPD ever. And then there are times when you go, "Oh, I've got to write this down," and this, and this, and this. Mm. I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah. I mean, there are certain people like when I spoke to Emma Davies. So for anyone that doesn't know which episode that is, that's the Building Mental Resilience. And it's actually, it's not that old, that one. It came out um, beginning of December. And it's 
it was astounding because we were talking about resilience, but then she goes on to talk about what psychological well-being is and the three areas of psychological well-being. And, the, and honestly, I had pages of notes after that interview, but I tend to have pages of notes after interviews because then I flick back to them. But I love that one. And then another one that I've just recently done is the Learn to Flip with Sarah Cregan, where she talks about flipping thinking. And again, so simple how to flip your thinking. But I was sitting there thinking, you know, she was another one that had F-L-I-P and I've got it written down on my page going, yes, come on, tell me F-L-I-P. Because sometimes I find guests slightly annoying because they make me wait. How dare they? I just feel like saying, look, you know, just let me know now. Like, seriously, there, there was a point, actually, with, with um, both of them. I just was like, just tell me what they stand for, please. I, no, just I love need it. I love it. It's like, it's, like, it's like when you're in the classroom and you've got the children on the edge of their seat and they're gripped and they want to know and they are dripping. Mm. They are literally hanging off every word that you say. <gasps> yeah, no, it's good. And actually talking about acronyms, initials, et cetera, for things, the LGBTQIA plus with Ian Tambrell, that again was really interesting because on Twitter, there'd been something that basically said, what do the letters stand for? Because we often know what some of the letters stand for, but some of them, what I loved with Ian was he said, this is how I interpret the letters. This is not how everyone interprets the letters. And it's, you know, this is just the way I see them. And I thought that was really interesting because what I haven't done, Verity, is I haven't avoided tricky conversations in the podcast. So LGBTQIA+, I know as a heterosexual woman, that is not my field of expertise. But I want to make sure as an educator that I have the knowledge that actually that's, it's so vital to me that I have that knowledge and understanding. And it's the same with um, the representation matters. I don't know if you saw the blog that I put out over the weekend about the colours. Complete aside now, listeners, this is a completely unplanned, unstructured conversation. So just go with it. I entitled it Not Everything's Black and White because a couple of weeks ago on Twitter, someone had put out about the book, The Colour Monsters. And I'd put a tweet back with, oh my goodness, that's such a great book. And someone had got in touch to say, actually, it's it's an anti-black book. Now, I, from my place of privilege, I hadn't seen that. I'd just seen that black was, you know, the fear monster. Mm. I hadn't seen that that could be interpreted by a black child as something equating to them, which is basically what the the person that was messaging had sort of said, you know, actually, it's difficult for young children to discern between the colour black and then being called black. And I'm like, wow. And so I then began to think about anti-black texts and what texts we have, and what con- what what we're putting out there. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen the Muhammad Ali interview where he's talking with Parkinson. Oh, a long time ago. And he talks about black, and he says, why is everything good white and everything bad black? Yeah. He said, you have angel cake, and that's white, and you have devil cake, and that's black. And he goes yeah. through and gives all of these examples of everything good being white and everything bad being black. And I remember watching that, and it really sitting with me. And then I was chatting with my children on Friday, yeah, Friday. 
And one of them said about the elf, because our elf in our classroom is properly naughty. I mean, does all sorts of things. So one of the children in my classroom said to me, oh, yeah, but the black, the black elves are the naughtiest. <gasps> and I went, what? And he said, yeah, the black ones are the naughtiest. And we went into this conversation and the children said, no, I don't know if you knew this, but the Smurfs, on Sm one of my children said to me, do you know that the black Smurfs are the ones that go mad and they're the ones that go insane? And the more I unpicked this verity, the more I was like, oh my God, I have never, ever, ever recognized this because I sit in a place of privilege that doesn't see it. And I'm I'm straight away thinking now of the the slang term of depression as the black dog. Yes. And is it is it because we're in we're in a place of of and a position of privilege that darkness, blackness can be seen as negative and lighter colours brighter colours can be seen as as more positive is why why is that i i'm sure that someone listening to this podcast knows the answer i wondered if it went back to our imperialist history i wondered if you know if we we look at things from an imperialistic point of view whether everything white is therefore good and lovely and everything black is and and it just historically because language is a historic thing isn't it mm, we absolutely. pick it up we take it on you know and i think it's just an interesting one i don't know all i know is that it's really heightened my awareness mm. just as aisha heightened my awareness around nouns and ian heightened my awareness around the lgbtqia plus stuff my awareness is always being heightened and you know yeah, listeners, we're now getting back to the podcast. That's what I love about the podcast. The fact that my awareness is continually being heightened. I adore it. Absolutely. And, and I learn so much from from the guests that 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 talk to you. Mm. And actually, you mentioned depression there, and I was right, but really grateful in the summer because you may well remember in Twitter there was a, a basically there was there was a, a thing it was towards the end of the summer term where everyone was feeling very low and people were saying we never talk about depression as teachers yeah. we never talk about depression and actually onto the podcast came someone to talk about depression someone to talk about anxiety and someone came and talked about OCD they were absolutely and um, absolutely amazing and I was gripped to those every week I couldn't I couldn't mm. wait for the next episode to come out because they were so powerful yeah and I've got um you know for for anyone that's not sure where those are they're round about the July mark you've got depression with Mr Latee and that was David and he talked about depression and actually depression and leadership and what that sort of led him to mm -hmm. um and then you've got um Rob Watson talks about um anxiety and again I really loved the fact that Rob humanized it but he also brought it very much how he how what he had gone through had in a sense supported his teaching with the children yeah absolutely I just thought it was it was amazing and then Manji then talking about her OCD which again mm. is I had never spoken to anyone who has OCD so I wasn't again very sure what to expect but oh my god so powerful absolutely 
Absolutely. You're never one to shy away from a difficult conversation. You're never one to, you always joke about me asking questions, but you you can ask questions too. Or you can ask lots of questions or you can ask very few questions that demand lots of answers. I put that down to the coaching training. Now I'm, now I've coach trained. I put that down to the coaching training. Now, absolutely. You're hashtag official. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think from my point of view, I want to become a better educator and I ask questions that will enable me to do that or dig deeper to understand how the other person is seeing things and understanding Mm. things. And I think that's so important because as educators, we have to be aware of of a whole remit of things, don't we? And I think it's so important that we are living it. So yeah, I mean, there's, oh, there's been so many amazing episodes. I'm just looking through who we've had on. I've actually done, do you know what? I just realized I started the beginning of this year looking a great deal at teacher burnout, ensuring that we're changing our our outlook. I've done an awful lot. I think because of my passion for coaching, I have done some episodes on coaching to develop that. But I've also done some great English episodes. I spoke to Roz Wilson about taught right. I spoke to, I've spoken to Pi Corbett again. I've um, managed to get um, John Walker on a couple of times and Bob Cox, all phenomenal, phenomenal people who love talking English. And that is just, oh, I love teaching English. I just adore it so much. Do you know, actually, so you don't know this, you might know this. So John Walker came on and talked to me about phonics yeah, and the Sounds Right course. I love Sounds Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I did the Sounds in amongst the apprenticeship and the book and teaching full time and everything else. I also completed the phonics course online, which was a lot of hours. But oh my gosh, it was mind blowing. It's good, isn't it? It's really, really good. We don't, as a as a trust, we don't follow Sounds Right um, now. But I have. I feel I'm. I feel like I'm officially one of those old teachers that has done pretty much every phonics scheme going. But there's something certainly when I did sounds right before. It's just phenomenal, isn't it? Absolutely phenomenal. You think what a mess. You go into it and you think there's so much and there's so many loose ends and then they just come together. What I loved was it started basically from the history of language. And I just thought, yeah, actually, I I need to know this. Mm. I need to really understand language and I need to understand where this all comes from. And I need to understand that the code, and I really like the way they talk about it as code Code. because it's, yeah. Anyway, so that was a complete, again, sorry, listeners, completely unstructured conversation this but yeah so I've done that as well in fact I've done a great deal this year I've got to say you've done an awful lot and how so I'm just looking at you on screen now why are you not looking exhausted oh it's a lot of makeup it's funny because I embarked on the book around about summer of 21 I then started the apprenticeship and coaching in November of 21 and I managed to juggle all of those whilst teaching full-time and doing the podcast Mm -hmm. throughout 21 and now I mean the book 
came out in November. The yay, the diploma part of the coaching course is done, which is mm-hmm. super. I'm I'm in the midst of going through Gateway. That's been exciting. What a lot so of work that So you go through Gateway. So. It's in. I I did an apprenticeship because I knew I wanted to coach. The podcast actually led me to want to coach because I, I love. I've I've loved listening to people and then just in in a sense asking questions. Although I tell you not to ask too many questions, I've really liked that bit. And I, can I just say that having met you and spent time with you, you coach naturally. I just really like it. So I did the apprenticeship course because I don't know how many teachers know about the apprenticeship levy out there, but every school has to pay into the apprenticeship levy. Now, what that means is that they can actually get a number of apprenticeships through, you can get apprenticeships through your school. So where I would have had to have paid thousands to do the coaching diploma myself. What I did was I did it through school, but as an apprenticeship. Now it is a lot more work, I have to say, but it means that it has been fully funded, which is phenomenal. So I finished the diploma aspect and now I'm going through Gateway, which um, basically what happens in Gateway is you have to produce a portfolio of evidence and then I'm going to have an interview on my portfolio of evidence. I have to do an exam, which will be very exciting. I've got to learn a lot of knowledge. And then I've got... Did you just say that an exam was very exciting? I was being slightly sarcastic there. I I was Um, just checking. No, slightly sarcastic. But anyway... um, once I once I get to the exam, I will know all the knowledge. Wait, when and then, is the exam? Well, that's the thing. So the last the last bit is I need to be observed doing two coaching sessions and then feedback. So that all of this needs to take place between January and March. Right. So if it, yeah, I know. So to people, you know, I'm revising for my exam. Um, not only so it, it made me chuckle because somebody commented on a post she'd put on Twitter about it, it was either on Twitter or it was in the, the tiny book um, mm. tiny voice talks um book um DM about I really hope you can have a quiet Christmas I almost spat out my tea when I read that because I know you've got the one his wife coming to you for Christmas oh I always do I and, I, I basically so, so the listeners won't know this but fundamentally the world and his wife can come to my house for Christmas. I basically invite everyone. Yeah, I've invited you. Yes, yes, indeed, Verity. But it is, I just, I feel that Christmas is one of those place times when I just fully open my house and anyone can come along. And I think we managed to fit 18 into my dining room um, year before last, which was... How, how? If you do it diagonally and you add some bits on the end, it's fine. Get 18 in the room. Easy. Is, is somebody is somebody sticking out of the door into the into the hallway? No, no, not at all. You can get if you go diagonally, you okay. can definitely get eighteen in. You just saw it when it was straight. It is great fun, but yeah. So I'm definitely not having quite Christmas, and when I haven't got people round, I shall be revising for my knowledge test, everyone, which will be exciting. So yeah. So, you, not, so in January, you have got um, new term. Mm-hmm. The longest month ever because it's January. Mm-hmm. Um, Tiny Voices Talk book launch. 
Oh, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Um, plus more revision. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be and teaching. Remember, I teach as well full time. So yeah, but we've got to whack that one in. So uh, you don't need to sleep or eat, do you? I just feel that's overrated. <laughs> oh no, no, no! Eating's never. You know me. Eating is never overrated. No, I just it all works out. My theory in life is it all works out, and there's always enough time. There just is. There just is. There just is. It just happens. But yeah, it's it's in you know we you mentioned the tiny voice talks book launch and that's sort of the live one. But I loved. Can I just say I absolutely loved the virtual book launch. That was amazing. For anyone that hasn't seen it, go to my website tinyvoicetalks.com and it is there. And you will see. You don't have to watch the whole two and three quarter hours. But it's there. It was amazing, wasn't it, Verity? It, was, it was absolutely brilliant. There was such a buzz. And we were so excited when when you first called us all together in in the in the DM group. We were so excited to all be together, all the contributors. And then when we were there virtually in person, it was just magic. Mm. And it's really, I mean, I I know this sounds rather sad because it it's my book, but I love. I absolutely love Tiny Voices Talk. I think it's a wonderful collaboration of so many fabulous voices across the profession talking about parts of education that really matter. And, you know, together, it's. I was talking to someone earlier actually about who who the book was aimed at. And the, aim, the book was aimed at anyone that teaches mm. children. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. We're currently um, in the midst of interviewing head teachers um, for my school. I might have accidentally on purpose casually mentioned that I'd got a chapter in a book that had just been published and they're like, oh, what, what is this book? So I was, you know, I showed them a copy that was in the staff room and went, oh, this is here. This is my chapter here. This is the author. Um, and they're like, wow, this is amazing. This is this is not just for ECTs or, I mean, no, it's not. It's for everybody. Well, I think there are so many books out there that either are for ECTs or student teachers or are dedicated to one subject or sector of our profession. And what I wanted was, it's rather like the teacher's version of the coffee table book, you know? That book that sits there that you can just pick up, open at any page, have a little read, or you you just think, actually, I just want to know a bit about such and such, and you can pick it up. And the the my favorite thing about the whole book that was was an idea of mine people was not given to me was the number of minutes each chapter would take yes. to read i love that i love that and i have to say when i started reading the book i started reading traditionally from mm-hmm. from beginning to end um and i quite like that because i'm in i'm i'm at the end of the beginning um but then i haven't continued that I have remembered what I've read I've still got a few chapters to read um but I've just dipped in and out depending on how much time I've got how awake I feel or what I'm interested in and on listeners it's just phenomenal if you've not got this book you need to get it yeah it's funny because I 
I do love it, but I'm really, I feel awkward promoting it because it's my book. And I wish I was one of those people that didn't feel awkward promoting it, but I do feel vaguely awkward saying, you need to buy this book. But it was written, it's the book that I would love to have had when I was, actually, that's a lie. It's the book that I want as a teacher. But it's your book. It is your book and it's out there now. And everybody. (gasps) Did you see that it was in Waterstones in Piccadilly? I don't think anyone bought it, but how exciting is that, that it's in Waterstones in Piccadilly? In fact, listeners, go into your Waterstones and request it. And let's see, let's see if we can create Waterstones across the land. It's not in Taunton. It's not in Taunton because I went um, in on Saturday and it's not there, but I have requested it. So um, as soon as it's there, I will take a picture. Do you know what I wonder is why Waterstones has got rid of its teacher sections in so many, so many stores, because it has, it's really interesting. They've, they seem to only have teacher sections now in the big stores, but they've got rid of tea. And I think that's really, really sad. What does that say about our profession? The fact that they actually, you can go into Waterstones and they'll, they'll cover the legal profession. They cover all sorts of other professions, but you know, teacher, teacher books have gone. I can remember after my dad died, my husband took me to Oxford for for the weekend, which was really special because my dad went to he was he was an Oxford graduate, and so that was a really special place for for him. And as you can imagine, there are libraries and bookshops all over Oxford. And I was doing my teacher training at the time and I can remember going into Waterstones and there were stories of books and I spent half a day there. I could have spent so much longer just in there, looking, touching, feeling, Mm. breathing books and they had half of a floor dedicated to education and wow when doing my pgce it was just like walking into narnia yeah it really really was needless to say i walked out with a bag full of 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 books but it was just magical but i've 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 not been to oxford waterstones since and that's mm, 20 odd years ago so um, I don't I don't know if it's still got half a floor dedicated to education and teachers, but it was pretty magical. Right. Well, if you live in Oxford or are nearby Oxford listeners, pop in and tell us because we'd like to know. We really would. I think what's amazing from my point of view is just having a book. It's really funny because I've always, always wanted, I love writing. I absolutely love writing. I always have done. But to have actually created a book, something that came out of, I think I said this in the launch, something that came out of my head. You know, I mean, Tiny Voice Talks came out of my head. I think I have, the reason I don't sleep much, Verity, is I just have these really random thoughts at three o'clock in the morning, like, oh, let's create Tiny Voice Talks. That sounds like a good thing to do. And actually, it's just... Yeah, so many thoughts. Rather like the latest thought that we just that I had on Twitter about the live chats with people yes. like yourself. So that was a random three o'clock in the morning chat, a thought. Yes. And guess who was the number one there? But it was great. For um any listeners that haven't come across it yet, because it is brand new, like properly brand new. Um, what was it? 
what we're going to do is we are on 7.30 on Thursday evenings. We're doing a tiny voices, not a tiny voice, but a tiny voices talk, chat, because it's about the book. And it's basically the contributors to the book, um, each of them each week is coming, answering some questions about their chapter. Um, yeah, so it's it's just a bit of a new thing. I, I, it's again, for me, Verity, it's a way of getting your voice, the contributors' voices out there more. And actually, I thought the chat last Thursday was amazing. I absolutely loved it. It was the fastest half an hour of my life. I have never typed so much in half an hour. I tried to make sure that I replied and and responded to most, if not every, comment, mm. which took a long time. How you and Penny kept on top of it, I have no idea because I was exhausted and there was steam. There was literally steam coming off my thumbs and my phone is... It was brilliant because what I love about it, it's a live chat, but it's it's not voices. It is literally over, you know, over tweets. Yeah. We are tweeting to each other, which allows anyone to come on and say their bit. And as you say, we, it doesn't have to be in the instant that you see the tweet and respond to it. Because the tweets aren't disappearing. We can still see them and then we can still hear the voices. We can still respond. I just loved it. I thought it was it was fabulous. So yet another well, absolutely. amazing three. Mm. And what I loved about it is that people were still commenting to it. So they were still reading the threads the next day or the day after. Yeah. And so there would be further comments and, and, and that's that's what it's about. It's 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 about that discussion, it's about that open mindedness, it's about that sharing. That's what's magical. Mm. Now, another idea that I sort of had, but it wasn't three o'clock in the morning. No, no, no. It's 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 no, no, not overly. But I was talking to Martin Rear about teacher five a day. Yes, and actually, I decided with Martin that what we needed were stop check micro podcasts. Yes, yes, I've listened to those. They're fabulous. Oh well, they're so simple, aren't they? They are. Amazing. You need a moment. You need a moment in your day and you need to stop for five minutes. Again, it's rather, it comes back to like the chapters and the book. We only have a short amount of time, five minutes, boom, done. And so I've actually, I've got, they're, they're now on there I'm, and I'm going to get some more recorded. Um, just, you know, about the teacher five a day, just stopping, breathing, taking a moment. I can't think who, um, I can't think who it was. He did notice um, there were quite interestingly, there were quite a few. Dr. Sue Roffey did it. notice. Yeah, but a book of Yusef did yeah, notice. I love that. And um Mike Hughes talking about exercise. Yes. I loved his notion because I summer is my season. I'm such a summer girl. But I loved his motion, his notion that we were all solar powered because I think I think we are. And there is that need in us, isn't there, for that vitamin D and that boost mm. and the importance of being outside. And then, you know, so when Mike was talking about being outside and exercise and linking that with with notice and connect, it's yeah. I just think Teacher Five a Day is so, so powerful. It really, really is. It really is. And I think as teachers, we need to prioritize our well-being. 
We really do. Because actually, if we aren't looking after ourselves, we have no capacity to look after the little people in front of us. We just don't. No. And it's okay to say you're struggling to do that. Or it's, it, and it's okay to say no in order mm. to be okay and we I think as educators we fear saying no we don't want to let people down we know the pressures that people are under but actually if we're okay then our little people are okay and if we're not okay the power in telling our little people in our care that you know what right now we're not okay and they can help by by doing this they love to help they love to see you as a real person and to know that the sun might not always be shining. Um, There's so much power in, in that. And that was actually very much the chat we were having on Thursday evening on that live chat for on Twitter. The fact that actually, you know, is it, is it okay for children to see us as humans? Mm. Because when I started teaching, I mean, you know, I got many messages when I started teaching, including don't smile until Christmas don't smile until Christmas, you mustn't be friendly and be firm and don't be their friend. And and actually there were, me- there were many, many, many messages that weren't kind. Yeah. And I just think it's so important that the messages that we're giving our children are ones of kindness. Absolutely. So today um, I was talking to, to one of my children who he's had a tough life and Thanks to him, I feel my teaching has evolved and developed and progressed so much since September, thanks to this this little man in, in my class. And today we were learning about Grace Darling and I was trying to de-escalate him. He'd, he'd had an explosion and he and I had evacuated the classroom and I took him to the kitchen and we were just talking and I started fiddling with an empty kitchen roll tube and was saying oh this reminds me of a lighthouse and you know we're, we're mm-hmm. talking about Grace Darling today in, in our history and he said oh we did we did that last week so I said oh, we did a bit about it last week we're, we're going to do some more um, and I said, maybe, maybe when I grow up, I would like to be a lighthouse keeper because I love the sea. He said, I know you love the sea, but you can't do that because if you did that, you would go a long way away from us and I would be sad. And you know, oh. you know, when your heart, your heart just melts and you thought, yeah. oh, my goodness me, that's special. That's magic. I, I had that moment today. I love that. So here's me just randomly wittering on, as I do, um, you know, fiddling with a, an empty tube, saying, oh, maybe I could be a lighthouse keeper when I'm older because I love the sea. And and he, and he said, no, you can't because you would be far away from me. That's so lovely. That's just, oh, I love that. I just no. love that. Oh, Verity, thank you so much for coming on and chatting to me about Tiny Voice Talks 2022. I don't know if we've talked about Tiny Voice Talks at all. I think we, we have. Just, we have. have we? Oh, yeah, and, and not, not only Tiny Voice Talks, but hashtag Tiny Voices Talk too. Verity, it's been brilliant having you on. It really has. Listeners, I do hope you've got something 
out of this episode. If you haven't listened to those episodes that we've talked about, do go back, tune into them. There there were so many fabulous 2022 episodes. Do let me know which were your favorite. But yeah, thank you so much, Verity, for coming on and chatting to me all about Tiny Voice Talks 2022. Thank you for asking me. And is it is, is there going to be book two? Verity, you should know by now, things just occur and I'm never quite sure what's going to occur. Like if you'd have told me at the end of 2021 what was going to occur in 2022, I don't think I would have quite known. So who knows? You never know. Book two, film, Netflix <laughs> deal, who knows? Hollywood, here we come. <laughs> I'm, more, I'm more into the Netflix deal. I can see, you know, Tiny Voice Talks on Netflix. Can you imagine? That'd be amazing. Loads of educators being interviewed on Netflix about what really matters in education. Pretty good. Yeah, I've, I've put it out there now, Netflix. Um, do get in touch. But yeah, have a wonderful Christmas and a fabulous start to your new year. And that's to all the listeners as well. Thank you so much for tuning into Tiny Voice Talks and just taking us with you. Ciao.